1: Good, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the "her" in hurdling, because <laughs> we I just couldn't gave you that stop one. saying it last time. <laughs> no, nope. but I did have a question about that word, which is like the hurdles,
0: uh-huh. like in
1: track and field. Yeah, that's spelled with a D. "d." Mm-hmm. Were you talking about that hurdling? Or Originally, when I said when I
0: said hurdling. It was originally a T. And then when I was thinking of a better word to describe, I was like, I think that's why I said hurtling. Hurdling. But what I meant was hurtling. Okay. Because hurtling is like a flying. Yeah. Hurtling with a D conjures more like... of a clunky, tripping yes, thing in my mind. Yes. So that's kind of more what I was... Well thinking It has
1: a her in it, which was what it's was most true. important to me in this moment. Well,
0: and when you said that, I was like, I threw you a softball, and then I was like, No, we can't get into more sports.
1: We can't <laughs> no get more, more sport. We're talk here. No, nope, please no. I nope. Uh, did you play a sport in school?
0: I mean, I did marching band, but yeah, not everyone um, considers that a sport, but it was very physically de- and mentally demanding. So
1: I would imagine. Yeah. What did you play? Tenor sax. That's right, sax. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um in one school that I went to you had to play an instrument. Okay. So I played the bass drum. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. And the timpani. Okay. And occasionally the bells. Fun. Um, which was a horrible mistake. (laughs) And then and then I played volleyball. Cool, which is weird because I'm short. But back then we were all short, so it didn't really matter, because <laughs> we were twelve. <laughs> so nobody was tall. Nobody was tall. You know, you know, when you're twelve, that one person that is tall, like yep. they're having a hard time. I know that person because it, cause it, was, it you. was Me, were you having a hard time?
0: <laughs> well, so like I just, I'm not terribly tall.
1: You're tall for a girl.
0: But I, I mean. Like my husband's families, the women in my husband's family are all taller than me. Okay, so, well. But I just grew all my height very early on. All, yeah. <laughs> and then I just didn't grow anymore. But what that meant was in like my entire <laughs> young life, I heard, go to the top riser for the class picture. <laughs> and then you're going to be so tall one day. Yep, I was always seated up front. <laughs> but that I just did it all I really front-loaded.
1: Yeah, all the, the growing. Yeah, well, um, I didn't have that problem, but I can vaguely—I re- not vaguely—that I was looking for the opposite of vaguely. I can very clearly remember <laughs> the girl in fifth grade, uh-huh. who was—I mean—a head, a foot taller than the rest of us. This poor girl. And I still think about her sometimes, because not only was she a foot taller than us, she was the only redhead,
0: okay, and she so was she the, had a lot of sort of, like unique she stood characteristics. out and she
1: was the nicest person ever, but I just sometimes think about her and I'm like, I hope what she's she okay. Did? She's probably a completely normal height, <laughs> like if I saw her now, I'd be like it's like
0: Disneyland. Looked so much bigger when I was little. Yeah, you looked so much taller. So much
1: taller, you know. But I just think about her sometimes. I'm just like, (laughs) man, I hope everything turned out good for her. In her tallness. Yeah.
0: She lived a different life than me.
1: She did. She
0: really did. (laughs) I mean, it's so weird because people look different if you're looking down versus looking up. I know. Um. Yeah, I always think it's weird that my husband sees the top of the fridge every time he walks up to it.
1: I know. I actually, because of that, regularly clean the top of my fridge. Because I remember Matthew saying.
0: Because of that, I have my husband clean the top of my fridge. But.
1: Yeah. I remember Matthew saying, everybody thinks their house is so clean, but none of them clean the top of their fridge. And that. It's, I mean. Poem uh, plays. (laughs) Yeah. In my mind pretty regularly. When you're reaching up there. (laughs) Yeah. When I. I'm on my tiptoes trying to get something off the top of my fridge, which is a completely not large <laughs> standard fridge. Right. Um. Yeah. I think about, I think about what Matthew said. Cause. I don't, so. I
0: don't all know. y'all heard it.
1: <laughs> it. Now is your sign. <laughs> if you were like, should I clean the top of my fridge? The answer is.
0: Yes. Also, I think if you delay, if you're delaying cleaning the top of your fridge, it's because you keep too much stuff up there. You're like, oh, I'm gonna have to move all that stuff. I'm gonna have to dust all the individual stuff, and then I am have to actually dust the top of the fridge. Mm-hmm. But you're just keeping too much stuff up there. Too much stuff. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Just go through it. You don't need all of it.
1: The fact that you don't even know everything that's up there right. lets me know that you can get rid of right. it. Right.
0: Yeah. If it has it. If if it has like if it's a vase, mm-hmm. a clear glass vase that you can no longer see through.
1: Oh, you're. That one. It's got time. Me. Yeah. That one got me. Cause... It's time. Because there's one of those sitting on my counter right now. Yeah. And I'm like... It's just
0: hard because it's like... Why do I have this? Well, actually, maybe just, you know, tell someone that you need flowers more often. Okay. If your vase is super dusty <laughs> and you have like an extra $20 every so once in a while hanging around...
1: Not enough flowers. Just be
0: like, obviously, <laughs> the dust is not the problem here.
1: I just put my stuff in a basket on the top of my fridge so I can just take the basket down. Okay. Gotcha. So it's like a one swoop. Yeah. Yeah movement
0: instead of like a bunch of glass bottles (laughs) yes which is what evades
1: but also speaking of 12 year olds being taller than me my 12 year old is taller than me ah so when that happened she was so excited mom i'm taller than you look how much taller I am than you and I was like
0: little did she know she it's like well now it's your job to clean the top of the <laughs> fridge guess who
1: is going to start cleaning the top of the fridge now she puts dishes away in places I can't reach not on purpose but just because like wow I know she's quite a bit taller than me now so that's great super fun I'm <laughs> loving it you guys you can leave us what are the meal. joys
0: of motherhood <laughs> You're like, it's like growing several inches, but without actually having to right. grow several inches. Yeah.
1: Now, when I can't reach the dish, I'm just like, hey, Kate. You
0: absorb <laughs> all the powers of your children. Yes. Leaving all of the proudly childless people it's weaker. Mean, it's fantastic.
1: Yes. <laughs> Fantastic! Oh man, I saw this horrible meme. <laughs> Why am I bringing it? Now I said it, so here we go. Um, great meme, actually, but horrible meme. This guy was just like talking about how he met this really nice girl, and she couldn't stop talking about her dog and how her dog was her whole world and all this stuff. And he was like, "I think she just needs to have a baby. <laughs> I think she'd be a really good mother." why won't this woman just get married and have a baby? (laughs) (laughs) Because like he couldn't handle this like date because the only thing she talked about was her dog. And he just kind of left it like someone, please (laughs) marry this woman and let her have kids because she'll be great at it. So loving, thoughtful, loves tiny creatures. (laughs) Just have a baby. And I'm just like, yeah, that's true. So true. Great, I mean, <laughs> fantastic. Anyway, did I tell him my voicemail? I don't remember. No, you didn't get there. Yet. Okay, I
0: interrupted you. We'll see if I interrupt you mid-number.
1: God, my brain won't remember. That's always so my favorite up. thing
0: to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> at, at first I did it a few times on accident, and then I was like, I love doing Just it. Keep doing it. I love when you say. 470. Four four seven zero, and then I bring something <laughs> up. because you I re- know that someone out there is like, would they just please <laughs> get to voicemail?
1: Do you remember several years ago when we first got our <laughs> voicemail number? I shared this with you because it was so funny to me that this lady called and was like, "I'm learning so much from you guys because she." Would get so angry. Oh, I remember. Whenever someone would cut her off Uh in a conversation. And then when she started listening to our podcast, she thought assuredly we were about to strangle each other because we constantly cut each other off. And then she listened long enough to be like, they don't sound like they're fighting, right? They don't sound
0: (laughs) like they're mad. I I do think that if you see, and. To some extent, this is one of those things that like <sighs> people are different. People are different. And some qualities have really good benefits, like practical outworkings uh-huh. of and then and some of the same quality, there are some things that you have yeah. to be careful with. And I yeah. do think that I I do also think when you're with a really good friend, your pacing is sort of similar. You understand when yeah. You can jump, jump in. in. Yeah. It's also a podcast. Yeah. I I try to really because my husband is not, I'm not married to a jumper inner. No. And so I'm sanctified. Yeah. Because there are times when I do need to stop. And that's why I'm being sanctified <laughs> and showing
1: up. Yes. Well, I, yeah. It was just funny because. I had never, when she said that, when she said that we constantly do that, we had been doing this for like three years. And I was like, we do that? Have we been, Have we we been cutting each other off all this time? I've never heard it. <laughs> I've never heard Joy do that once. Like, I don't... I've never felt you cut me off.
0: There's been a few times, there was like... There's been a few times where I'm like, I think I've apologized to you. Did you? Where I'm like, maybe I cut her off a little bit too many times a day. But I don't even know if that was on the podcast or if that was just in real life. It's never happened. Um, As far as
1: my brain knows, it never happened.
0: When Summer and I get together, (laughs) we don't stop talking, which means that there's going to be a little bit of overlap.
1: (laughs) I know I already told this story, but when we went to Nashville last year and... We had an Airbnb and we had all, we had to like drive. Yeah. Whatever. I just remember having this moment where we had just talked the whole morning. And I was like, I honest to goodness thought like, oh, do we talk a lot? (laughs) Like, I remember thinking, did Joy and I talk a lot? It's almost like what happens when there's microphones doesn't count. Right. (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) That's a, a, that's a thing, but it's like, it doesn't right it's terms of like racking up minutes we're not doing that <laughs> it's like what i my brain for some reason just like does it's
0: paused while we're talking yeah it's paused
1: anyway the moral of the story
0: is i do think all of you guys should try to find a friend for that you have that with
1: yeah oh Someone it so that just kind of uncomfortable like if you didn't
0: as, you know, it's not necessary to a relationship. Like we just both said that we're kind of not married to that no, type. Uh-uh. Um. And I... Is it a girl thing? I do almost kind of think that it might okay. be a little bit more. So you might Nah, be...
1: I bet when the guys get together. I know. See,
0: that's the thing is there is there are some uh, things that just... Yeah. But it's different with your friend too. Yeah. Your dynamic. But it's a great dynamic to have if you like to talk, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it
1: just makes me think about like... I love, man, friendship has just been like so minimized because our oh, culture yeah. is so gay, you know? Yes. But like, I just love like when my husband goes and like just like gets cigars or something with a friend. Oh, yeah. Like, and they they sit there for hours and talk. hmm And I don't ever really get, like, he doesn't, like, I don't ever really get to see that side of him. We don't smoke cigars and talk. Right. You know, yeah. like, and I just love. I'm like the the guys. Guys do have that. Yes, and it's a myth that they don't. Right. And so it is
0: a guy and girl thing. I think but it's, it's yeah, but it's both, and it really has to do to do with how we relate to each other, yeah, relationally.
1: And I just think there's been something that's like been lost because our culture is like, is just truly so gay that if guys right. have close friendships, they're almost treated like something's wrong or weird. Yeah. And then women, we can do this really kind of gay thing where we become like codependent on each other. Like, it's so weird. Anyway, that's not the topic for today. Maybe that's topic for another day. I don't even think you made
0: it through the voicemail number.
1: Okay. (laughs) Honestly, if you guys don't know the number right now, should you be leaving a voicemail (laughs) is a question I have. At this point, they're only going to leave a voicemail yelling at us. (laughs) So
0: it's like, do we even give it to you?
1: Okay, you can leave us a voicemail <laughs> at four seven oh four six five zero four seven five. Um, Don't forget to join us for book club. I don't know what's going on in Book club right now because it's July. Um, but the point is is we're having a good time. I know that's happening
0: that we know that because of past experience. Yes, there has never been a time where we're not having a good time in book club. No, so literally
1: never. Um, that's happening at, <laughs> at patreon.com slash theologians I would highly recommend that you probably, if you're not already and you want to be updated about what's happening, you should probably follow us on Facebook. <laughs> or follow me on twitter or I haven't heard any instagram recent
0: news from the sheologians <laughs> recently well that's because we pre-recorded a bunch of episodes yes. summer had a baby and we're taking a little pause but i'm
1: probably like nursing at 3 a.m and i will find time then to answer on social media so right i haven't done this in forever on instagram where have you had your soup today if you skip the intro you won't know what that means but that's what it is. And then on Facebook, we're Sheologians. And then um, you can find me on Twitter. Just um, i all just put my name in. Just beep, beep, beep. You'll find me. Things are happening.
0: People. There'll be a bunch of like angry emojis underneath.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, peruse those. It'll be a good time. <laughs> and I have no filter when I'm freshly postpartum. So this could be a great time for you to find me on there. No filter summer. You already thought I didn't have a filter just I know you that's wait. what I was
0: gonna say I was like hmm just wait
1: just wait until I haven't <laughs> slept honestly it's...
0: you're like in this episode I already <laughs> said multiple times our culture is so gay <laughs> the filter goes less it it,
1: it actually actually turn it down turn it down from there it can be less filtered <laughs> than that pray for my husband all right this was you this was your topic you were you you introduce this one before I completely take it a different direction. <laughs> Just drive it right off the end into um, something else entirely.
0: That would be so great to do if I remembered <laughs> what we were talking about. What are we talking about? Yeah. We're talking about.
1: Well, you were telling me. And so this is one of those weird moments where like. Oh, yes. okay, You grew up with this and I, I did hear it. But I never cared because it just wasn't a part of, like, my church culture mm-hmm. growing up. Um, I think I might have heard it on, like, K-Love. Right. Or, you know, for a while when I was kind of in a wishy-washy Christian school. huh But it was very periphery for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think the topic kind of hinges on the statement, don't get your value from other people. Okay. Or don't find your worth in other people. So that was a phrase that I heard a lot um, growing up Um, I, in the secular world, like, you know, mm. the neutral air quotes there, spaces like school and stuff. I heard it there, but I also heard it in church. Okay. And I think in church, it obviously meant don't don't get your value from people, get it from God. God. Okay. But that last part was kind of shaved off. Okay. Rather often. Yeah. And it's a phrase that you do sort of understand the inherent meaning of, which is why I can also add that little amendment, get your value from God. Right. Um, But it was not something that was ever really, it was a phrase used a lot that was not ever really, like, if you really stop to think about it, mm. what does that actually mean? Yeah. That phrase, it's very important that we all understand mm-hmm. what that actually means. Because mm-hmm. it can be sort of a fl- fluffy, psychobabble, mm-hmm. um, just little nice thing you say to someone to encourage them. Or it could be a real deep biblical <laughs> mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. So I guess just which, you know, let's define it and then talk about like what it actually means mm-hmm. to quote, get your value from other people as opposed
1: to God. to God.
0: It was said a lot in like, a lot of it was sur- surrounding like the whole like purity culture yeah, movement. I could see because that. Because it had a lot to do with trying to fight. Find- a lot of it had to do with, it was introduced in those like. Pubescent years, yeah, where basically what the church leadership was anticipating, Mm -hmm. and I think schools were into. I think all adults were anticipating this moment where all these kids who were friends now are gonna have like feelings for each other, right? And so there was this there was this movement that wanted to address. Like, hey, girls, you're really going to want to find a boyfriend and all this stuff. But right. but you need to know that he can't give you value. Right. Don't give yourself away to someone who can't give you value. Right. And so I think that this concept, it was just thrown around a lot, a lot without any real investigation
1: and sometimes no explanation
0: <laughs> as to what. It right. Means. It almost just
1: assumes that this is something you're going to do, so don't do it. Right.
0: It's like you're you're just you're gonna be wired, young lady, right. To be looking for attention from men or from right. boys at your school or other boys in the youth group or whatever. Right. <clears throat> and so you need to know that they don't define your value. And it's like, okay, but I never but I what cannot does? remember a <laughs> single time. I'm telling you, I cannot remember a single time when someone was like and now let's talk about what defines your value. Right. It was just it was basically like a don't get tricked right by any <laughs> boys because they make you feel good about yourself. Right. Kind of phrase um which is i feel like also a very important conversation like mm. identity mm-hmm. and value and be women like young ladies being vulnerable to the charms of men are both like conversations you should absolutely have they're worth having but it's horrible to try to have both of those conversations with one statement that never gets explained
1: right right and it's almost like when you're young what do you do with this information like I can understand how it could be freeing for a young person to be like, oh, "Okay, I shouldn't be looking to my peers necessarily right. to understand who I am."
0: Well, and it's good because it, with some discernment, mm-hmm. you could say like, "I my affections for people shouldn't just be based off of them making me feel yeah a certain way." So mm-hmm. it like, I think this is probably something that started out.
1: Mm. With with good intentions intentions and it just
0: was corrupted, you know, but anyway, yeah, we can,
1: let's discuss. Yeah. So I think just foundationally there's, if I could nitpick at the statement and although, although there's truth to it.
0: Well, I think sometimes that's the, the, that's sometimes that's the only thing that actually needs to be done is like, Yeah, your statement is fine, except for this and this and this needs to be changed to make the statement actually reflective of
1: reality. Ultimately, I think we, we have imbibed that ethos so fully that it's like we almost believe that who we are on earth among other people can't actually tell us anything, which I would reject. So although it's true that my value is not dependent on a person, I'm valuable because I made the image of God. I can look to my earthly relationships and the people around me to learn something, to learn many things about myself. Um, I can look at whether I'm a boy or a girl, uh, a son or a daughter, a brother or a sister, a husband or a wife to understand my duties mm-hmm. a daily on a daily basis to understand how I ought to dress, how I ought to speak. Um, even in some ways, what I ought to prioritize, you know, if I'm, If I'm a daughter living at home, what is required of me and the value that I bring to the family is different than if I'm a wife in my home. So there's I think there's been a radical split between who you are and your value to the point where your who you are and your value is entirely dependent on you and what you decide it to be and what you want. Like, it's just up to you. It's up to you to decide. Right. How valuable do you want to be? Who do you want to be?
0: Well, and you start out, which we know this because of abortion, but you start out at like a zero value. Yes. And then as you can kind of work through things more, have more experiences, then you discover. So value is this just sort of metaphysical thing floating around and you just must access it. Right. To really figure out who you are
1: right and ultimately the more you access your deep desires and bring those forth the more valuable you have the more in tune you are right with whatever it is you're supposed to be in tune with I guess which is mostly just yourself Um, it's kind of vague but it's just it's weird to me that we would want to separate um our idea of who we are from the reality that we live in. Like I don't get to decide that actually me, 33 year old wife and mom living in Arizona in 2022, like I don't get to decide that I should have been an English male banker. And like, that's what like who you are. And where God has placed you tells you a lot about who you are. Your duties, like God has, you are absolutely in a box. Like a lot of people are like, don't put me in a box. And it's like, no, you are in a box. When you were born a male or a female, Uh, you were placed in that. When you were
0: born, you didn't choose
1: to be born. (laughs) Right. Like you, you were placed in this box and you're valuable because you're made in the image of God. But ultimately, if you just decide that none of the things that God has decided about who I am, where I live, who I live with, none of those things are important. None of those things give me any information that's valuable. Right. You're living in a fake reality. Yeah. So no, you should not look to you know your father to give you your value. But he can absolutely because of the duties required of him and because of the duties required of you, you can absolutely learn about who you are. Yeah. In the in that relationship. Yes. You can learn who you are through that. Yeah. Um so in this
0: case, very specifically, the example that I used earlier, you can learn from your father. Um, that you, if you're a young lady that you are actually physically and emotionally vulnerable to charismatic, smooth talking yeah. guys,
1: young men. Yeah.
0: which is why a dad right. should be involved. And it, that the example I gave earlier, earlier acknowledges a very important piece of information about right. young ladies with no father to protect them.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that sent that statement is just missing a lot. And I don't think that it's by itself very um, helpful. I don't think it needs to be.
0: Well, it's very it's like new speak. That's why we had to yeah. expand it and redefine it. Yeah, because it's very much like a it is a truncated, smooth, non-offensive, neutral, quote unquote, uh statement ap- right applying to identity and it but it represents it would have to be read by right any person right and for them to understand it right but what you do when you do that is you strip them the words of all meaning and then right. as we've learned from everyone who's up in arms about purity culture did it work did it work to strip that sentence of all its real right meat like right there was no fat <laughs>
1: no And I do think it's interesting too, just that, um, you know, if you talk to somebody who I was just having this conversation the other day with, um, friends of ours that are just amazing, they've been involved in, um, foster care, they've adopted, like they really are familiar with all of that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that comes along with being involved in a very broken foster care system and, and... Um, adoption just there's a lot and uh, the prevailing wisdom of secular thought in terms of kids is that the best thing for just carte blanche no exceptions the best thing for kids is to um, and their emotional and their the way they see themselves and their what's the word I'm looking for? Their self-image. Like in
0: self-esteem. Their self-esteem
1: yeah. is to be with their biological parents. And my friend has stories she was sharing, um, of just of children who are put back into abusive homes, are neglected and treated horribly. Because there is no question that the biological materialism wins and that no matter what, children are better with their biological parents. Now, of course, that's a pretty vanilla view. Right. Children should be. Yes. With their biological parents. We agree
0: with that. That is a
1: (laughs) completely vanilla position that I have no problems with, except that... In the system that this is being talked about, we're talking about parents who are actually abusive, who have neglected their children. Who have
0: not shown interest in being a parent, even. Who
1: are, yeah, just have completely, I would say, broken covenant with their children, left their children in horrible situations. But because they are biologically related, these kids will be sent back into these dangerous... That
0: just has to have something to do with, like... I think it's just Darwinism, yeah, or I think it's right? biological
1: determinism, yeah, and and the the position of the state is that the most important thing for a kid's self-esteem is to be with their biological parents. And I thought, well, that's so interesting. Again, <laughs> it shouldn't be controversial that kids <laughs> should be with their biological parents, but I thought it was so interesting in that system that the theology is biology is king right so it doesn't matter if they've like abused their children neglected their children don't take care of their children there's biology here and that is where you get your worth and your value you get it from the person that you are biologically
0: in a materialist worldview that's all there is what else is is there your (laughs)
1: biology. biology and it's like well man i can imagine that um, a kid's self-esteem is really going to be damaged by a li- by a biological parent who is actively abusing them or not taking care of them. Right. Right. I can imagine that. Yes. Um, but it when you brought up the topic, it just made me think we have just. It's so interesting that the church would say, like, don't look for your value in other people. Look uh-huh. for it in God. Without really explaining what any of that means, right? <laughs> Why can't you find your value or your worth or your identity in other people? Well, what does it mean to find it in God? Uh, neglecting the reality that where God has placed us in relationship to other people tells us a lot about who yeah. we are. Um, and then the world, when it comes to this very broken situations, they are insisting that children actually can't learn their value without their biological parents. Yeah. Um, and there, but they're saying that in the context, almost exclusively of parents who are actually undervaluing and devaluing their children. Right. Um, so it just, so it's almost
0: just up to, and that's the, that's one of the issues I have, even with the use of the words, self-esteem, you have a child determining their own value. Um, and How they which applies feel. to the it applies to the statement. Don't let other people, uh, don't look to other people for your value. Mm-hmm. What the world means by that, and unfortunately, a lot of Christian churches mean by that, is look for it in yourself. Yeah, which means that it is now <laughs> to the child in the situation, in the abusive situation, it is now up to them mm-hmm. to find value in themselves mm-hmm. when they are not even in a safe right situation right um and so we're that's not even a discipleship moment that's just a moment where you have to protect someone who uh needs protecting right um but yeah and i i mean i kind of understand why we have to create this weird sort of phrase and we do this little euphemisms that i don't know they're generally used to encourage people, but I um I I get why it's kind of just a statement with no follow-up and no real discipleship because mm-hmm. people are not gonna find that value in themselves.
1: Do you think people use that now as a weapon? Like I feel like what I hear more commonly now is something more along the lines of I need to cut this toxic person out of my life because they make me feel yeah. small. They make me feel like I'm not valuable. Right. Well, so then that, that's like the second phase. Yeah. It's like we we're in the a second phase now. The
0: second phase where it's like, I have found my value and you're not living up to it.
1: Right. Or because this, I determined my political value.
0: party is not living up to it. Or this, the, or patriarchal society and men is not living up Mm -hmm. to it they're not I have found my value and now they're trying to take my value away and Mm -hmm. I always heard do not let another person define your value right and it's like it's just
1: it it's it's a weird way of blaming other people for your bad stinky attitude right like you make me feel this way I can't be around this person because they make me feel this way and
0: it's all built on a total lie Right. an assumption that you have. So first of all, even just in a secular worldview, the assumption that you have found yourself, Oh, at 23. Okay. <laughs> all right. Come back to me and we'll talk in 10 years. Yeah. And then we'll talk again in 10 years. And then another 10 years, yeah. we will see how you feel about how you have discovered your value.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just a, so uh, in the secular worldview, it's, all just assumption. It's Mm. like there could be human error in place. Mm -hmm. It is constantly evolving, constantly subjective. But in a biblical worldview, that's just not where value comes from. Yeah, And value is not um, God. God didn't make us in his image with value and humanity Mm. so that we could look upon ourselves and go beautiful. Look at me. (laughs) I know. (laughs) He gave, he gave you value because he spoke it into existence. He, he,
1: he created value. Yeah. Well, your value is your reflection of him. Right. Yes. That's, and how freeing is that? Yes. It's not, it's not you. Like my value isn't that I have green eyes. I mean, that's not what it is. Right. Like, that's a cool little feature that's fun. Well, I do. Th- I, think but... we,
0: I think the church got a little mixed up in the weeds mm-hmm. on celebrating the uniqueness and wonder of God's creation, mm-hmm. humans, and self-esteem. Yeah. We definitely... Yeah. Um, and caught in the weeds might be generous for some of what some people were doing. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I'm just saying, I think we, I think we kind of got hung up Mm. on, I mean, and this is just the age old thing, right? Creation instead of the creator. Mm -hmm. So even people who worship the creator, Mm -hmm. we, as a, as an evangelical culture got Mm. kind of stuck in the, like Mm. you and it we're stuck there because we were following the world and that's what the world says. The world says you're a beautiful, uh, special create. You're so special that the world just generated you out of nothing. The universe, mother nature.
1: (laughs) I mean, that would be pretty, if that happened, then, you know, you should worship mother nature if she could do that. Right. If that was a power that she had, I understand why you would worship, but yeah, ultimately you're, Imaging of God is your value. Yeah. That means you're reflecting of Him, how you reflect Him and His nature. Yeah. And what's so cool about that is that because He and His nature is so unchanging, it's a great, it's an immovable place to stand if you're looking for worth and value. He doesn't shift. He doesn't change. He's not going to feel a different way about you tomorrow. He's not going to change his mind and be like, man, I really messed up. Like I should have made summer a man. Summer should have been a man. And then I'm going to have to be like, oh, no, now I have to figure out how to reflect God as a man. And like, there's none of that. it's a much safer place to stand. And it gives you such a safe place to stand, such a firm foundation That when other people come into your life and and maybe they are a bad friend, maybe they do make you feel bad, um, that's okay. Your job hasn't changed. Your job is still to image God, to reflect Him and His character. And that is still who you are. You are your most truest self when you are most accurately reflecting Him. That's And you were made to do that. You were made to be a worshiper. So when you worship God, you are being your truest self. That is where you can find Mm -hmm. your identity. That is where you can know who you are. Um, You are a image bearer of God meant to reflect him in the world. I would say through work and worship. And if you're doing those things... And again, how he made you, the box he put you in, is gonna define how you do those things. Um, you're gonna be totally unshakable in who you are and what you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed right. to, be, how you're supposed to be dressing, how you're supposed to be talking, how you're supposed to be acting, what job you're supposed to be doing. Like, it's all actually already been lined out for you. You don't get to self-actualize right. any of that.
0: Yeah, there's no. I just I always just instantly it's kind of like social contract theory ish, yeah, like what kind of whatever I choose to engage with, yeah, is what I am, yeah, or what I do. And I'm always just like, did you choose to be born?
1: right? <laughs> like you didn't even have power over that.
0: Like you are thinking that with your brain, yeah, <laughs> that was created by God. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, and I mean, I remember being real little, like eight or nine, and having this like really intense realization that I was not free because I didn't even choose who my parents were. Right. I didn't choose what year I was born. I didn't choose, and I didn't choose anything about me. And I remember Mm -hmm. like sitting in my bed and just like contemplating
0: and being like i was just put here in this body to just duke it out
1: i didn't ask for any of it right i didn't it was not like i got to p- check a box and be like i prefer this it was like here it is here's who you are you don't even get to pick your name no the thing that people call you your entire life I and mean, you
0: can change your name
1: you later, can but, but like not when those, you're born yeah it's like I was saying, I think it was in the last episode or whatever. Just like when you're a kid, you have no control over even what you right. eat. It's just what you're given, right. which it has to do with where you're born and who your parents are. And it's like you're you, it's it's actually just so freeing that I when I was born, I was actually given my marching orders. We all were. Right. And I, I think there's
0: nothing there's nothing. To figure out,
1: no, no, there's
0: nothing to. (laughs) The only reason that you're searching is if you're lost. Yeah, Yeah. and that that shouldn't be something we don't need to pretend to be lost. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, to find something we don't agree with.
1: (laughs) Right, right, and ultimately, you know, it's great to. I think it's the one of the blessings of the church community. Is that if you genuinely are muddy on the details of, okay, I'm an adult, single, female, I would say there's a lot of marching orders in just those three words. But fleshing out what that looks like, if you're in a church community, you should be fleshing that out there. Yeah. You should be uh, learning from the other women in the church if you're confused on the details of okay what does it mean to be a single adult female um i know i like you're faithful you agree these are some of my marching orders F- figuring out the daily details of what that looks like is part of why you have the word you have prayer and you have the body right and, and that's that, where that should that happen.
0: search for what your work looks like is different from your identity
1: yeah but it's also like i can find information right. from other people and feedback from other people oh, yeah. to learn or even just what i'm doing is what it valuable
0: like. what you you know what you're drawn towards that kind of thing mm-hmm. there is this i mean this intricacy to how different mm-hmm. we all are and mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that no one on that's alive right now can even truly explain. <laughs> um, no. And it's amazing. It really, really is amazing. Um, mm. And it's no wonder that someone launched an entire movement about how amazing <laughs> humans are. Um, but we didn't we're not the ones that did the work we're not the ones that receive the praise mm-hmm. um and then certainly if you're we talked about last week if your praise and your thankfulness is not properly oriented and just your identity where you belong mm-hmm. um in terms of authority in terms of reverence um mm-hmm. your your you're going to be looking <laughs> you're, again i don't know what i don't know what other word to use other than lost yeah that's i mean that's why people and and people find claim to find their value all the time mm-hmm. um and uh it's just not it's not um i think that it's something that we should t- we should celebrate our ability the amount of work that one human or a group of humans can do and the diversity of work Mm. should be celebrated but it's only because of who made us
1: right and humans are naturally drawn to finding meaning in the group that they belong in and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing you should want to serve the community that you're in and I think we see how desperate people are for that I think about just maybe these are off-the-wall examples or I'm just still thinking about uh Abigail Schreier's book irreversible damage where she talks about the social contagion of the trans movement among girls and if you talk to these young girls a lot of it was just about finding a community mm-hmm. that they felt they belonged in. Yep. And yeah, did that community convince them that they were supposed to be boys? Yes, it
0: did. Yeah. It was a bunch of lost people <laughs> that were that convinced you to be lost with them.
1: Yeah. And they were, you know, what do you hear? They were so welcoming. They're so loving. They showed me the way they took me yeah. by the hand. And it's like, yeah, we all do want to find our place In our group, we are supposed to be communal creatures. Something I think about all the time is just that, like, none of us are going to spend eternity just, like, on a cloud with a heart by ourselves. Right. Like, you are actually going toward to eternal fellowship. Right. We were made for fellowship. We were made to do that. That is part, that's inherent. And to
0: consider that we were made like what that means is like we were made to be friends yeah and and not just like good friends like friends that don't sin against each other yeah friends that don't disrupt the fellowship like we don't nobody in heaven is like is like freaking out over a little thing and well that when
1: they said this right i thought they meant this and then listen, they're all (laughs) cutting each other off and no one is getting mad and I know this for a fact, because I can't spend eternity somewhere where I can't cut someone off. Okay, that was a joke. Was a callback, is fine. Um, <laughs> moral of the story is, okay, so that sentiment you heard in the early 2000s, don't find your worth, your value, your identity in other people, is only... Is maybe not a a fully is not a fully it's not a fully orbed worldview. No, I think is the problem. L- it's
0: lazy and it's like it's nothing. It would be like if someone served you a bowl of wheat when you're thirsty. I don't thirsty? mean shredded wheat. Just I wheat? don't mean bread. I just mean wheat.
1: It has an ingredient, <laughs> but it's oh, not you, doing anything. Would you like salt? <laughs> Salty no, wheat. I would like food. <laughs> Yes, it's salty wheat. You could turn it into something valuable, but the work has not been done yet is the moral of the story. All right, well, that's all I have. That's all you have? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, y'all, you can leave us a voicemail four seven oh four six five zero four seven five i just say it fast you wouldn't cut me off
0: i know now (laughs) everyone's gonna be waiting now that i uh
1: you said it you're never you're coming off again for like a year yeah
0: i have to really build the tension (laughs) because i started i started enjoying it a little bit a little too much (laughs) can i tell you can i tell you that it's for the people that that um don't like the chit chat. I'm just teasing a little bit. I just got a tease, and I received a. It wasn't for Sheologians, but it was for apology radio. <laughs> and this guy just like ripped. I'm like, I, sir, I don't know you, and you <laughs> just told me sir. how much you hate how we like talk and enjoy each other's time. <laughs> how dare <laughs> we? Show. How dare? And I was
1: just
0: like, you're gonna come around. Yeah, I'm gonna.
1: I'm gonna... Sometimes they do. Remember our Scottish listener? She was like, I used to hate it. Well, and that's, I don't know. I feel like we have to bring it up every once in a while. Yeah.
0: Because it's important to be able to look at yourself and go, Mm -hmm. huh, I was being kind of a bummer. Mm. I saw two friends were laughing.
1: And that annoyed me. (laughs)
0: Interesting.
1: I'm so annoyed when these people have a good time together.
0: I want them to turn on their microphones (laughs) and make a show for me.
1: You know what would be more theological? (laughs) As if you guys didn't have a good time. That would make me feel the theology more strongly. If there's absolutely no joy, I like my theology straight up without any joy or laughter. Like what? I don't. We are not doing the same like things. A, like a
0: bowl of wheat.
1: Like I want my theology like salty wheat. Alright, that's it for this week, you guys. We will see you next week. It was summer of ninety-five in the backyard
0: shaving the old flies, feeling so strong. Something went wrong. Twin to my finger wanna stinger every so long. I still remember that day, like the that I said that I swear. I never heard of a stop again. But it seems that theme could be wrong, to be wrong, could be wrong. Gotta keep holding on.